As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to episode 79, brought to you by Purple and HelloFresh. For a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress, just go to purple.com and use the promo code LOVELY at checkout. And for a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes, visit hellofresh.com slash CTL60 and enter the code CTL60. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com, in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram, where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Ladies, I'm so excited to be offering an episode this week that's a little bit of a change of pace and something that a lot of you have been asking for for the last three years, and that's an interview with a mom who has kids with special needs. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Nicole Puckett, and she has adopted 10 kids in addition to the two that she already had. Her oldest kids are in their 20s, she's been homeschooling forever, and she's got so much wisdom and hard-earned knowledge that she has to offer that I'm really excited for you guys to be able to hear the things that she has to say, how Charlotte Mason has really impacted her mothering even more than her homeschool. I think it's a really interesting episode, and I hope that a lot of you benefit a lot from it. On that note, also, she really talks about the power of being able to connect with our kids over story and reading aloud to them and that sort of thing, which just happens to be what our brand new podcast is about. The same page released on Monday, you guys. Can you believe it? I'm so excited. We are now on day three of the show, which means that chapter three of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz was released this morning as well. We had our core episode go out on Monday that you listen to every day of the week to help you and your kids be able to memorize the works and really take them to heart. And then you get a new chapter from a classic children's novel right now is The Wonderful Wizard of Oz every day, Monday through Thursday. So it's super fun. And of course, if you want even more of the goodness, we've got a whole community with resources and principles and ideas for how to take this podcast even further. And you can access all of those things and also get early access to a lot of episodes in our exclusive members only podcast called The Yellow Brick Road, where not only I'm going to be talking about how this journey is impacting my family, but I'm hoping to have a lot of my loyal members on the show to talk about how it's impacting theirs as well. So if you want to get in on that, you can now find the podcast for free on iTunes. It's coming out on Stitcher and Google Play and all those good places. 
You can also find it at thesamepagepodcast.com. And if you want information on the membership community, you can go to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. And we also have links on the main podcast webpage. So you can find everything there. All right, ladies, without further ado, here is this very special episode with Nicole Puckett. Welcome, Nicole. Hello. I am so excited to have you here today because I recently spoke at a conference that you hosted, which was so beautiful and wonderful and a lot of fun. And it was kind of the first time, it was the first time we got to meet in person, right? Unless I'm horribly mistaken. (laughs) Yes. Nope. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And so it was really fun. I got to share some of my story at your conference. And so Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to have you on the show today because you've got a pretty amazing story and lots of crazy, wonderful things in your life. So to get started, will you just kind of tell what your name is, where you're from, where people can find you, a little bit about your family? Okay. So uh, my name is Nicole Puckett, and I am um, first and foremost the mama of 12 kiddos. 10 of my kids are adopted domestically. Um, So that's a whole story in itself. I've been homeschooling for over 21 years. I've been consulting with homeschooling and adoptive families for over eight years um, and working with some trauma therapists on the adoption end. Yeah. And um, I am currently the, the U.S. director, co-founder of Wildflowers International, which is a children's um, community ministry in Uganda. Wow. And I'm also the co-partner with Jen Wilson of uh, Wildflowers Cooperative Communities in Spokane. But, it's Charlotte Mason based, right? Yes, it is very yeah. Charlotte Mason inspired. Um, but primarily, I am. I just kicked off a business um, for consulting, and that is Blue Sage Families. So fun, and your website is is beautiful. If I do say my say so Thank myself, you. so you did a very <laughs> nice job. It's a work in progress. Yeah, I think we all kind of feel that way about our websites. <laughs> I know I do for sure, but right. I think you're doing a lovely job so far, and I'm excited to talk more about that. But really, I mean, like you said, uh, twelve kids and uh, trauma and all that kind of stuff. So it's what, a lot. Yeah, what even got you guys like? thinking about adoption and starting on that, that train. I mean, wow. So, um, when I was a little girl, my dad was a Los Angeles sheriff and he worked for 33 years with the, um, child. He worked partly with the child abuse section as a detective. And so that was kind of the kickoff for me. I remember going to court with him when I was about 14. Wow. And so I still don't know how I got into court at 14 because you weren't, you weren't allowed to these days, but, um, And so when I got married, my husband and I, we were experiencing um, what I considered secondary infertility after our first two children. Mm -hmm. And I convinced him we needed to adopt one. And he said, okay, but just one, just one. (laughs) And so we Famous last words. (laughs) Exactly. So like the day before Thanksgiving weekend, we got a call for a little boy and his eight-year-old sister. And of course, we said yes to both. And fell madly in love with them. And a year later, we got contacted for another little girl who was, um, most of our kids were either from already, they were already in adoptive placements or they were already adopted. So there's a huge fallout rate with adoptive families. I believe it's over 50% now of adopted children who are uh, relinquished later. Wow. So um, several of our kids came in that way, but it just kind of, I mean, we just would say, we'll take one more and then God would open the door for a sibling. So that we knew nothing about. So that's how we ended up with 10 on top of our two. Wow. That's 
amazing. And that you just, I mean, that your hearts were open to do it in the first place, but then that you just were able to be in that place where you could just keep taking on more. I mean, that's really something. (laughs) Yeah. Some days I say it's insanity and other days I say it's just God's grace and his blinders maybe to what we were going to experience in the future with our kiddos. Yeah. Because I I mean, that's, it's not even just, you know, taking on some infants and, you know, like you've got some major trauma stuff that you've had to work through there. We did. We have kids who have um, what is called reactive attachment disorder. Um, We had six kids diagnosed with that. We have kids who have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, um, children. And then, you know, under all those, you have ADHD and oppositional defiance disorder and conduct disorder, which is usually um, aggression of some sort. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had a myriad of other issues and I had to, I'm a self-educator, so I had to hit the books hard. Yeah, that's amazing. So, I mean, you, you really just have, de- that's what you've done is you just kind of hit books and like, I mean, did you meet right. like consultants or counselors or, you know, how, how did you learn how to deal with it? Where have you, you been able to come to now? Like, do you have your kids in services or how, how did you help them? So some of my kids went through services, but, and I hate to say this on here, but more often than not, the therapists weren't trained to deal with kids who have reactive attachment disorder, mm. not a huge understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, children who have that are considered to have a traumatic brain injury, which would be like, you know, um, a football player or yeah. someone who's been in a motorcycle accident. So it's a huge deal. And then you have all of these, um, behaviors that fall underneath that because the kids are scrambling to try to repair their brains. Yeah. So my, I've worked with some fantastic therapists, but for the most part, um, I did a lot of it on my own and with some therapist friends who were, weren't local, but were willing to work with me over the phone. That's amazing because I think there are a lot of those type of scenarios where people just don't really understand it. I mean, I know that even in my scenario with just the types of verbal abuse and emotional abuse and that sort of thing, especially Christian counselors are at a total loss for how to address that. They haven't been trained in it. They don't. And I end up having to go to a secular counselor to just get that traumatic healing because they at least could understand what happened. Right. And, and that was a, that was a big thing to have to go through and try to figure out where to get the help and, and not have it be like, oh, I'm going to the world for help, but needing answers beyond, you know, what a lot of, like you were saying, there's just gaps in the education for a lot of counselors. Right. And so and you really me, have to figure out a lot yourself. And for me, it was, um, you know, it was a push for medication. It was a push. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't anything holistic. Yeah. It was a push to get, um, into different therapies. It was, it was just a push to get into more of the medical field than it was to get into a more holistic healing, which is what I was kind of looking for with my kids. Mm -hmm. And so what approaches have you been able to figure out to use with them? Oh, a lot. So, (laughs) um, so Dr. Bruce Perry, he is a neuroscientist, I believe, and he's one of my favorites. And he, um, one of the things he said is kind of, rang true and stuck in my head for years. And that is the most powerful therapy is human love. Wow. And I think that's why I love Charlotte Mason so much because even even if you pull out the whole homeschooling piece of it, she was such an astounding parent educator Mm -hmm. in how to create an atmosphere in your home and, and um, what kinds of music you should listen to. And, And when I look at the research, 
and I look at what she said back in the 1800s, it really links up together as to what's a healing thing for our brains. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, 21 years ago, I heard about Charlotte Mason and um, I just kind of took that approach with my kids, which sounds really funny because she wasn't an adoption educator. Yeah. <laughs> she was a homeschool educator. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, But that's amazing to see how just those simple methods and how just love and atmosphere and that sort of thing could make a big difference for them. I think that's a lot of what we're hoping to see happen with the new podcast is like focusing on those stories and the atmosphere that we can bring to our kids to really draw us closer together. Right. I mean, I don't want to simplify it. I do have one out of 10 kiddos who's had to be on medication and it's worked really well for her. So I'm not saying that's a no-go for us. Yeah. It's just something we look at lastly, after Mm -hmm. I look at you know, most of the time when my child is doing terrible, it's because I'm doing terrible. I'm not being consistent. I'm not yeah. being, you know, I'm not using the essential oils I use with her. I'm not massaging her back with appropriate touch. I'm not listening to the, um, you know, piano with her or uh, using the technique of bonding through reading out loud with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard, though, because then you think about the importance of self-care. Yeah. And then, and then you heap these piles of guilt on yourself yeah. when the kids are doing well. And so that's what kind of led me years ago to start, I had moms just start talking to me about it and how lonely it is and how nobody understands. And, you know, they go to their church and people are giving them the evil eye because they're disciplining their children differently mm-hmm. than those people would have. Yeah. But it's yeah. a therapeutic parenting. It's not a normal parenting. Oh, that's a great way to put that. I love that. Right. Therapeutic parenting. Right. It's so, a pretty key term. Yeah. But I mean, there is definitely that sense of being spread thin. I mean, I know I feel that in like, I'm a single mom, I've got to provide like, I know my kids have, you know, emotional needs, but sometimes their emotional needs come up against deadlines that I legitimately have to try to prepare or provide for them. And that is a really hard thing to balance. And I imagine you have something like that too, having 12 kids. I mean, how, how were you able to have just the basic time (laughs) to meet all of their needs in those ways? Well, I don't advocate that anybody adopts 10 children. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they were definitely all meant to be ours. So there's something to be said for that. But, um, we spaced them apart on purpose. So like when we had one sibling group and we felt like the Lord was prompting us to adopt another child, we waited like three years. So there was a good spacing for that child because healing in the home can take, you know, up to 10 years. It's, you just don't know what damage has been done to their brain. Yeah. So, you know, our youngest is almost nine. We've had her since she was four. She was um, what I call a throwaway baby in her biological family. So she was with uh, you know, paternal aunt and then maternal aunt and then paternal grandmother and then maternal grandmother. And, and so she, she went back and forth, back and forth. And then one of her grandmothers put her up for adoption privately. And so she was adopted by a, a very nice dentist and his wife who had no education on this kind of trauma. Yeah. And so they had a really hard time with her. They heard about me through somebody else. They contacted me. I, it's a long story. I won't get into it, but I said I would do respite for one week. And I asked them to pray about it. And this little girl, they called me a week later and said, we do not want her back. Oh. And I just, you know, I just thought, I'm not going to do this to this kid. I'm not yeah. going to throw her out. So she became our 12th. And she was hard. I mean, this is a kid who was stabbing me with pencils and biting me. 
and she was very aggressive. And now, I mean, I can honestly say this morning was a really hard morning for me. And I felt myself getting a little dysregulated, you know, where you're yeah. just kind of overwhelmed with things and she stayed regulated. And wow. that's a huge, and I told her later, that's a huge deal. The fact yeah. that she can go from being the one who's always dysregulated to being the one who was calm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's taken almost five years of hard, hard work and it's, it's, um, it can be a really lonely place. Yeah, it definitely can be. Hey ladies, sleep and rest have been a big topic of conversation for CTL lovelies lately because I know that when I've spent a night on a mattress that's just too soft, you know, it doesn't really give you any support, my body aches when I get up and when I am achy and annoyed and I haven't had a good night's sleep, I am not the best mom to my kids that I could be. It affects my attitude and just my ability to be happy and productive. We need good night's sleep. It's just part of the way that we are made. Well, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a Purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who've been developing cushioning technology for medical beds and wheelchairs, the perfect people to be developing a mattress. In 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. The Purple mattress will probably feel different than other mattresses that you've tried because it's actually made by a rocket scientist and it's not like the memory foam that you're used to. The purple material feels very unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. It kind of ends up giving you that zero gravity kind of feeling for any sleeping position. You can get a 100 night risk-free trial and if you're not satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. Backed by a 10 year warranty, free shipping and returns, and free in-home setup and old mattress removal. You're going to love purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just go to purple.com and use my promo code LOVELY at checkout. That's purple.com, code LOVELY. The only way to get this free pillow is to use my code LOVELY at checkout. Purple.com, code LOVELY. You offer consulting to families who are dealing with those kinds of issues or specifically from adoption, or is it trauma, or what would you say? So um, what I offer is I offer what I wish had been offered to me. So um, I offer years of research and study and work with trauma therapists. And um, and I did go to college as well. But I use that um, to offer a two-hour consulting session, which is basically the mom can just cry for two hours. You know, yeah. This is what I need. How do I do this? There's never going to be peace in my family. I don't know what to do. And then I can make suggestions. I can facilitate with them. Um, I love to advocate for people um, and just kind of let them know that there's somebody who's got their back, that they're not alone, that this is, I mean, it really is what, what is called the dark side of adoption that a lot of people don't understand is, you know, you adopt these beautiful kids from China and Africa and domestically, and these beautiful kids have severe trauma, Yeah. you know, yeah. separation from the primary caregiver. So, um, so my goal is just to make sure that they get everything they need. I also offer wraparound care, which is a monthly service so that, and I try to do that really cheaply so they can afford it, but it is, um, 
basically I'm there for them anytime they need me to. I provide them with continuing education depending on what their child's needs is. I help them organize their home so that they can feel less stressed about those things Mm -hmm. and focus more on their child. That's amazing. Well, and I just, I mean, just hearing what you're saying, and I just, I can identify with a lot of it, not from the adoption standpoint, but definitely, I mean, there's a a certain amount of trauma that my kids have experienced Mm -hmm. and certain ones of them, you know, have handled it very differently than others. And I would say your services can be offered to a lot more than just adoptive parents. I am sure. I I mean, it really is just a lack of support and education for families. Yeah. Um, and I do, I do a lot of homeschooling families that don't have children of trauma. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, cause I'm just passionate about homeschooling. So I love yeah. to do that as well. Yeah. That's awesome. So when you're just doing the homeschooling consulting, what does that look like more for you? Um, basically it's, we just kind of sit down together and, um, determine what's going on in their life, how they can create a better atmosphere in their home. Um, if they're interested in Charlotte Mason, we talk about that and what that might look like for them what they're using for curricula, what they are liking and disliking about it, what other options there are for their child, if their child has special needs, Mm -hmm. um, how they can access help for that, or what other resources there are for them. Well, I think that's an amazing resource. I know I've done a little bit of that in the past and like creating the lovely homeschool course and that sort of thing. But it's I think it's even more amazing when there are these moms who are this far into the homeschooling journey, who've been able to see it all the way through and offer that kind of wisdom. And like you said, all that research that you've done to be able to really walk alongside parents. I mean, what a resource you are. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know that there's, I mean, the fallout rate for homeschooling is huge also. And so, I mean, there is, um, I, I just, you know, it's family empowerment. And that's one thing that we're working on in Uganda as well, is helping empower families to be able to do the best that they can and feel equipped mm-hmm. to raise their children. You know, Charlotte Mason said there is nothing which a mother cannot bring her child up to. And I totally and fully believe that. Oh, that's a good one. So how did you get involved in Uganda if all your kids were adopted domestically? So my oldest daughter apparently needed to go as far away as she could. (laughs) Now, she she was homeschooled all the way through and she's 24 now, just turned 24. And she decided that um, she wanted to go on a mission trip. So she went to Nicaragua when she was 16 with my husband. And then when she was 17, she decided that she needed to go to Uganda and then she pretty much never came back, you know. Wow. Physically, she came back sometimes, but she came back and got her EMT certificate, and she's finishing up her junior year of college online. Wow. But, yeah, so she runs the children's home there, and then we also have, she has a son that she's had since he was 10 months old. Wow. And she's trying to adopt. And then she has three foster children who are teenagers. <laughs> Wow. Who have the most amazing and devastating story. It's, yeah. Oh, I bet. So she's pretty incredible and, and um, she's just doing her thing. Wow. Way to just, I mean, at such a young age to just completely right. dive into that kind of service. And right. I mean, wow. That's yeah. really something. I miss her a ton. I bet. So, <laughs> but you've come alongside her with this organization is that kind of how that worked 
Right. So what we're doing now is we're trying to create, we're trying to make the children's home. It's more of a shelter. Okay. Um, we have a fantastic Ugandan social worker and he is really great at reunifying children with families. And that's our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the kids come in and out pretty fast in our children's home. Most of them, because we find suitable relatives or we find their families for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, um, often the kids are lost. Isn't that weird? Yeah. They just don't have communication like we do here. So if you lose your child in the village, wow. then yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's just, crazy. yeah, it's wild to think about like all of that happens today, just in a different mm-hmm. part of the world that things are so vastly different. I mean, not to, I mean, in a way behind, you know, like they don't, they just right. don't have the technology or whatever to, we're just so used to being connected constantly. Yeah. That yeah. It's such a foreign concept to think about. Right. So he, he advertises for those, um, those children in a, in the local area papers mm-hmm. and around the different villages, villages by word of mouth, just letting them know that we have this child. But what she's doing now is he is starting to create workshops for parents oh, wow. to create more empowerment for families because, you know, we do right now we have, um, 19 children with education scholarships. So instead of doing like the $35 a month thing, because that adds up to being too much money, mm-hmm. we do 175 a year, which covers a whole ch- the child's education, medical services, um, a meal a day, I think snacks and maybe even breakfast. And then we put oh, them in the best wow. schools there. And so those 19 kids are getting educated all year and their parents really want to pay for that themselves. Oh, I bet. So we're trying to create opportunities where they can do that, where they can start their own businesses and they can start caring for their own children's needs. That's amazing. I mean, that's a big deal. (laughs) Like, holy cow, you've got this like really major thing going on over there. And how impactful to those families. That's that's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always a matter of not stepping on cultural toes because the culture is so very different. Yeah. Well, I bet. And it's amazing that you really are learning how to help families in such different cultures. You've got, you know, your feet in Uganda doing, you know, hopefully what those families are needing to help them feel like it's working and they're able to support themselves and, you know, not just catering to them, but actually getting them on their feet. And then you're able to help domestically these parents who have totally different (laughs) kinds of needs, but are just as acute. Right. That's pretty amazing. It is all about family empowerment. And, you know, when you look at our homeless crisis, homelessness Mm -hmm. crisis here in Spokane, I've seen so many young children on the street, teenagers, you know, 15, 16 years old and their stories. And I just think if we just had more family empowerment, I don't know, maybe I'm just, you know, Pollyanna. (laughs) I don't know. But even just, I mean, if we all just impact a few people, that's a few people more than would have been helped, you know? Right. And so for you to have such a passion to be reaching out to people and helping them to have those kinds of things happen so that they can, you know, be on their feet and be empowered as families, like you're saying, that's, that's just powerful. It's amazing to hear about. So yeah, you, it's it's amazing to be a part of. Yeah, I bet. It's got to be both really, you know, nurturing to your soul that you're able to do this. I mean, I know we all kind of get a high from being able mm-hmm. to speak into people's lives like that and help them and everything. But as you kind of mentioned earlier, you also have to be 
taking care of yourself and you have got an awful lot on your plate. So how do you not just crash and burn? I do. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I do crash and burn. Um, I, I have a lot of really, really good friends. I'm really blessed with great friends in my life. Um, I have what I call an adoptive mama. She oh. is the grandmother of three of my kiddos and I just got back from seeing her and she nurtured me for two weeks. Wow. Um, she's incredible. And I just try to, you know, continue to educate myself, continue to find little outlets for myself, uh, trying to get back into running, which is kind of funny. Um, okay. <laughs> that sounds great. Why is it funny? Because <laughs> uh, I've got a long way to go. But um, I, I wouldn't run a step. <laughs> so you're know, way up either, beyond me. I used to be a runner. No, I'm a walker. I'm like a crawler right now, but I'm going to get there again. I promise myself. <laughs> yeah. After baby number four, I was like, any attempt... I ever thought I'd make it running. It just ain't going to happen because I pushed four babies out. (laughs) But, you know, even I remember in college, I was like, I'm going to be a runner and I'm going to do this thing. I see all these, you know, girls around campus going out in their workout gear and going for their morning (laughs) run. And so I got like all decked out in my workout gear and I literally ran out the front door of my dorm, around the dorm and back in the back door of the dorm. Well done. Nope. (laughs) Not my deal. Can't do it. Never mind. That is funny. I love running. Well, that's amazing just that you love it. (laughs) Yeah. Felt like slow and painful torture to me. <laughs> and I, you know, and it's, it is, you need less self care, I think, when you're doing something you're passionate about. Yeah. So for me, it's just, and it's a continual process because trying to create something beautiful in the middle of complete chaos, and especially yeah. when you have kids, yeah. that chaos feels really good too. Yeah. Because that's where they came from. Yeah. So it's, it's swimming upstream. And so it's a continual process of trying to make sure that that happens. Mm-hmm. I bet. I mean, yeah, we have a different different dynamic, but it's still that you know, we've been through a lot of transition and a lot of just right. like how do we yeah. reestablish our life again and what do we make this look like and how do we find that new normal that everybody can settle into and it is very much like how how do we all get on the same page not to plug the new podcast but that's <laughs> where the name came out of because it really is it really does feel hard and you know, like you were saying with the Charlotte Mason stuff and everything, I'm really kind of depending on these stories and these little things that we can start connecting over to bring us back to center as a family instead of just trying to survive, but actually right. trying to to reestablish ourselves as a family and find joy with each other again and all of that. And it's not easy to do. No, it's a process. It really is. Yeah. So do you have like a huge house or do you? No, I don't. I actually, I'm in love with tiny houses. My kids are in shock. (laughs) We have a, I mean, we have a a good size house, but, um, but I prefer really small because my kids all prefer to be together. That's nice. So it is nice. nice. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why Jen and I started the, um, the local wildflowers community is Mm -hmm. because not just because we wanted to promote, um, Charlotte Mason, who was, it's really a lifestyle. It's not really a homeschooling method. It's a lifestyle. We wanted to promote that. Um, but we wanted families to, to start feeling like a community of people. Mm. And so that's been growing and we have these amazing women 
that join our cooperatives or they come to our workshops um, and they pour into it as well. So we're learning a ton from them. That's so fun. I love when that that community aspect can really be impactful and you can feel like you're not walking alone through things. It's just, it's that, I think, like I wouldn't have survived the last year if I hadn't had these, you know, like four particular women who just were able to invest in me and all of them did it in different ways, but really be there for me and then giving me the opportunities to be there for them too. Oh yeah. You know, I think that's super powerful. Yeah. And I'm loving, I mean, I can even see just by looking at Facebook, I see women who didn't know each other before yeah. meet each other at some of the workshops and stuff, and they're connecting with each other and encouraging each other and supporting each other. And I love that. Yeah. That's so fun to see when you've started something, but then the people within it start connecting to each that's other. That's what we want. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly what we want. It's not Jen and I, it's watching these women connect. And it's so funny because when we teach a workshop, I take notes from the other women. That's awesome. Because <laughs> I'm learning constantly. Yeah. All right, ladies, if you've hung around cultivating the lovely for really any time at all, then you know how much I love HelloFresh, especially heading into a brand new school year. Man, we are slammed with stuff going on, and I am so relieved to know that HelloFresh is on my side, helping me make sure that I get dinner on the table without having to go and pick up takeout or settle for things that are really less than par for what I would like to feed my family. They do all the planning for me. They do all the shopping for me, and they just drop it at my door and say, here you go, with these great little pictured cards that take me step-by-step through how to cook the meal. It takes all the stress off my plate. It's amazing. They have all kinds of plans to be able to choose from, classic, veggie, family, and each box is made up of fresh, responsibly obtained ingredients. And I really love that everything comes in pre-measured, handy little packaging, so I can just kind of dump everything together and get a really good meal on the table that my kids really enjoy. Our favorite to this day is still the mini meatloaves, which I just really herald them for because they had the idea to make them small so they cooked fast because I don't always have a ton of time to be spending in the kitchen. I really feel like HelloFresh has my back and they look out for those little details. The packaging is insulated so you don't have to worry about any temperature issues. It's all recyclable and HelloFresh helps me actually look forward to cooking in the evening after I've worked a long day, my kids are tired, and we all just kind of want to be done for the day. I actually enjoy just being able to take out my meal kit, know that everything is pre-planned and packaged. It just takes so much off my shoulders. There's a lot of benefits to subscribing. You can get these delicious filling meals delivered to your door every week for less than $10 per serving. Your count is easy to manage with the ability to choose your delivery date to match your ever-changing schedule. And you can even pause deliveries when you're on vacation. And they've got quite the deal for you for a total of $60 off. That's $20 off your first three boxes. You can visit HelloFresh.com CTL60 and enter the code CTL60. It's like receiving six meals free or up to 50% off three boxes. Again, for a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes. Just go to HelloFresh.com CTL60 and enter the code CTL60. Well, and that's such a good attitude to have. I think that speaks volumes to our kids. And it's something that I felt for a long time, but I love, you know, I talk about this book all the time, but in Sally Clarkson's Own Your Life, she's like, mm-hmm. if you're going to be interesting to your kids beyond, you know, kindergarten, 
you need to keep educating yourself. You need to keep reading things. You need to keep expanding your own mind so that you can still have valuable things to talk to them about when they're teens and they're not just going to be like, oh, mom doesn't know anything. You know, like there is such value in us investing in ourselves by continuing to be learners. Right. I love that. Yeah. So and it's funny because when I was growing up, um, I felt really stupid in school. I didn't do Aww. well on tests. And and so, and yet here I am studying brain trauma for yeah. 20 years. And it's funny because my 12-year-old son likes to call me a nerd. He'll just see me see <laughs> books. And I'm like, really? I was never really a nerd. I was the dumb one. Oh, well, now you get to be a nerd and wear it proudly. I love it. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Look, see, this is hope for like... I know there's not a lot of teenagers listening, but teenagers, what you are in high school doesn't define you. No, it does not. Go on to be whatever you want. (laughs) Absolutely not. Yeah. And I tell my kids that all the time, find out who you are, not who someone else is and be that person. Find out who you are. I, I love my, one of my sons, you know, he's had some struggles, like school dis- does not come easily for him. We think he struggles like with some dyslexia and things like that. It's just, it's always been hard. Right. But he's got such a positive, like deep down in his spirit. I mean, the last year has been hard, but he's got this, this little positivity in him. And the other day he was like, you know what, mom, I think, you know, I could just, by the time I'm like 16, I could be like the smartest kid in school and I could just graduate and I could like do all these things. And I was just like, yep. wow, go you for just yes. thinking that like the sky is the limit in the I next four years. You could just completely have a different life than you have now that you keep yep. thinking that. Yes, you keep thinking that right. because <laughs> that's the only way that it could happen is if you believe that that is really possible. And I will support you in that 100 percent. You got a lot of work to do, but you can do it. Yeah. The sky is the limit. I have told all my kids, there is nothing you cannot do. Once you put your mind to it, you know, the only one stopping you from doing something is you. Yeah. My, um, my kid who was, he was, I won't tell a lot of his story, but when he was, we had, he was our first adoption. And when he was two, this baby was a rager. He didn't Mm. understand anything in his life. He had already been in six homes. Wow. He could not make any understanding of what was going on. And so he screamed every night for hours and Ugh. hours and hours. And it took us maybe six years to work through the raging and the self-harm and just for him to start bonding with me. And that boy is at a professional dance school in Pennsylvania right now. Wow. He's 18 and he's, he's a professional dancer. He's incredible. That's and amazing. so, and I, you know, I knew he could do it. Yeah. That's what and what the I mean, that's so powerful to have a mama behind him that just kept supporting him, just kept being there and kept believing in him. You know, that that had to be such a powerful thing in his life to get to where he is. I hope so. Oh, I think that's evident for (laughs) sure. So with all of this, so much on your plate, you're speaking into so many people's lives and doing so many amazing things. And we've kind of talked about, you know, taking care of yourself and make sure you're not burning out. But right now, how are you currently cultivating loveliness in your life? I am actually working on a lot of personal projects, you know, um, as far as myself, like self-care, as far as my family and my home. For me, I just want to get myself healthy because I'm entering my 50s in a year. Wow, I would not have thought that. 
I want my fifties to be the best ever. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, and then I also, the kids and I have a lot of plans for our house and, and, um, getting out of debt and traveling more. And, um, I think the more you simplify your life, the, the more lovely that comes into it, if that even makes sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we're constantly trying to simplify the things that we're doing outside the home, the things that we're doing inside the home, the way our house looks. Yeah. Um, well, I used to, so you asked me about my favorite book this year. <laughs> you were like, why isn't it available yet? Because it's yeah. that same concept. Cozy minimalist I, home. You guys just go pre-order it right now. It's right. so, so but good. I, I'm still a little upset about that. October's a long way off. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. It's, it's so good because I mean, Exciting. she's funny, but also, I mean, so much of the wisdom, it's just right on as far as making your house more simple to really be able to utilize it well and not feel like you are a servant to your house, but your house is a servant to you. And she just has so many little gems of wisdom that I felt like we're totally beyond just decorating a home. And so, yeah, you're going to love it. Sorry, I'm just making you even more bitter. I know. (laughs) Well, that's one thing that's hard, though, is the more you minimize your house, the more you simplify your life, it's harder to find that coziness and that loveliness Uh because you're like, I don't know. I just like to get rid of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to love her book because it meets that in the middle and she does an awesome job of it. I love it. Very exciting. Okay. Now I have to try to think of how I'm currently cultivating loveliness because I kind of feel that same like, uh, <laughs> it's been, especially the last week has been super long and super crazy and just wrapping up all the kids summer camps and getting ready for back to school and all of that kind of thing and I think you know it doesn't really feel like lovely but I know it's worth it as I've just been working (laughs) working my little tail off and working till all hours of the night because I've had to but it at least makes, I know it, I know we're like leading up to the podcast and I got some voiceover jobs, you know, like all of it kind of hit at once. And that's really hard that it's all at the same time, but it at least makes me feel like, okay, I can cover a little bit more of my legal bills or, you know, like right. those things are still super overwhelming, but at least there's a glimmer of hope that, okay, at least something <laughs> is being sort of taken care of. You know, I mean, it, it's not the end-all answer, and, you know, there hasn't been time for a lot of just the blissful, you know, moments and whatever, but but I think that's been a good thing, and I guess, I guess, okay, so here's the lovely part. So I've been working really, really hard, but I get audible because with the podcast, sometimes it's easier for me to just be able to listen to the audiobooks when I'm preparing for the show. So mm-hmm. it's like a business expense for me, but I had a couple of credits that were left over from, you know books not being available for the podcast or whatever. And so I just got one of Sophie Hudson's books and I love her podcast with Melanie Shankle, the big boo cast. And I just, I love her. She's hilarious. She's super Southern and just so funny. And so I've been listening to that book while I'm doing my makeup or while we're in the car. And it's been that like little time that I can take a break from all the things, all the work (laughs) part. The work is good, but it's been nice to have a little bit of a brain break, even just like when we're driving or whatever. Right. So that was my really long wraparound answer to get to an audiobook. <laughs> but I do a lot of audiobooks. Yeah. Authors who don't have their audiobooks, 
or their books made into audiobooks. I'm just like, what century are you living in? <laughs> this is so necessary at this point. Way more people would hear your book or experience your book if you just right. put it into audiobook. And I just happen to know a voiceover artist being myself. So if you need your audiobook done, contact me. We'll talk. <laughs> okay. So are you ready for the stock questions? Sure. Okay. Don't be nervous. It's not that bad. <laughs> okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Oh, essential oil diffuser. Hands oh, of course. Down. I should have been able yeah. to answer that one for you. Yeah. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Cloth. Okay. Wow. 12 kids and cloth napkins. I'm so impressed. Well, I didn't say we use either. I'm just saying that would be my choice. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're shirts. Does that count? <laughs> That's cloth. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. City or country? Oh my gosh. I love the city, but I love the country too. So I think both. Okay. <laughs> paper or digital? Oh, paper. Okay. Shopping online or in store? Um, You know, I'm going to say online. I am not surprised by that with 12 Except kids. Trader Joe's. I uh, love yes, Trader Joe's. Yes. Yeah. It's an in and out store. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. I like Trader Joe's. Okay. And do you have, okay, this is total aside, but have you noticed how friendly everyone is who works at Trader Joe's? I have full on conversations with those people. Yes. <laughs> Every single time. It's no. like, do they train them to just be like, find something about this person and get into a full on conversation? They're so great. Yeah. It's like, if you're feeling lonely, just go to Trader Joe's and what? at least you'll have like legitimate interaction with adult humans. It's great. We're cultivating the lovely at Trader Joe's. Yes. It was just there <laughs> yesterday. Okay. It's four o'clock or whatever time you make dinner and you need, you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music? Um, lately a podcast. Okay. And what are some of your favorite podcasts? Oh, yours? Um, <laughs> I always feel like I have to preface it. <laughs> Don't say much. Delectable Education. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, uh, I think it's called, it's Morning Basket. But oh, yeah. Pam Barnhill, Your Morning Basket. Yeah. And then, um, I listen to a lot of weird brain stuff. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Get your learning in while you're making your that's dinner. That's right. Okay, chocolate, milk, or dark? In between. Really? All right. Yeah, I don't like super dark chocolate. Okay. But I don't like milk chocolate either. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you like you like a 52%, not a 75 Trader Joe's dark chocolate, um, Reese's, they're little peanut butter cups. Oh, yum. The perfect mixture. Yes. Okay. I will take that as an answer. <laughs> okay, sports or no sports? Um, I wish I had kids that played sports. But okay. I don't watch sports. Okay. <laughs> All right. Live broadcasting. I bet I could answer this one. But would you rather broadcast or watch? Watch. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite movie? A Beautiful Life. I had somebody answer that the other day. Yeah. That's it's a beautiful a movie. Yeah. Okay. If you were to put yourself on the crunchy spectrum and zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is singing Kumbaya by the fire with dreadlocks in your hair and your legs unshaven, where are you on the spectrum? I would say a five, but climbing my way up. Okay. You're diehard for those essential oils. So I am. I'd say I you're that. well on your way. That's one of my tools. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Nicole. It was so fun to just hear more of your story. I know that a lot of listeners 
for a long time now have been asking to have someone on the show to talk about like special needs and dealing with that kind of thing. And I'm so glad it was you. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And we'll have all the ways that you can find Nicole and get a hold of her if you want her consulting services and be able to to get help from her in that way. We'll have all of that in the show notes and I will list the link at the end of the episode. All right, thanks for coming. Thank you. Bye. All right, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you guys got a lot out of that. And if you have questions, if that really sparked things in you where you're going, oh, I'm dealing with a lot of the issues that she talked about. Nicole would be a great person to talk to and you can find all of her information and how to find her by just going to boldturquoise.com forward slash 079. All right, ladies, thank you for leaving those ratings and reviews in iTunes. And if you haven't hopped over and subscribed to the same page podcast yet, I would be so honored if you checked it out and hit that little subscribe button. It would make a world of difference to me. Thank you so much. I've been loving hearing all of your feedback from it. It's been super fun. We're so excited for this new venture. As always, you can find me on Instagram. It's my favorite place to be these days. You can actually find me at Mackenzie Coppa. And I think that's it for this week. And so until next time, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.